this is Michael Russo from The Athletic, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by a familiar writer of the Minnesota Wild that our Hawks fans should know pretty well, Michael Russo of The Athletic. Michael, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm in Arizona, so life could be worse. Yeah, it could be, it could be colder. <laughs> No doubt about it. No. So you've covered hockey since 1995. What are some of the more interesting stories that you've covered? Oh, man. I mean, uh, well, I have two facets in my career, one covering the Florida Panthers and the other covering the the Minnesota Wild. Actually, one of my most uh, interesting stories that I've ever covered actually happened at the United Center. It happened in, um, man, when would that have been? It would have been in probably... 2000 and, oh, God, I'm trying to think when this would have been, 2002 or three. Uh, you got to look up when Stephen Weiss was drafted by the Florida Panthers. So we go into United Center. It's like the end of the first month of the season. And the day before, Rick Dudley, the GM of the team, told us that Stephen Weiss was staying past the 10 days and wouldn't be sent back to his junior team. At, I think it was Plymouth. And I walk in there, and as I'm walking into the United Center, Stephen Weiss is walking out with his bags, like all packed, his equipment, everything. I said, where are you going? And he goes, Keenan just told me I'm going back to juniors. So I call up Rick Dudley, kind of ticked off, and Dudley, I think, was on a scouting trip in St. Louis. I'm like, you had me right today that you're not sending Weiss back to juniors. And he goes, we're not. And I'm like, well, I just talked to him, and he said that, that uh, Stephen Weiss, I just talked to Stephen Weiss, and he told me that Keenan sent him back to juniors. And Dudley hangs up on me and uh, drives like 100 miles an hour from St. Louis to Chicago, has a sit-down with Mike Keenan, and from that point on, Stephen Weiss spent the rest of the season with the Florida Panthers. But that was the, the beginning of a very, uh, you know, pretty public uh, power struggle between Mike Keenan, the coach of the team, and Rick Dudley, the GM of the team. And uh, at the end of that year, um, or, or actually in probably a couple of months, Rick Dudley became the coach of the team on an interim basis. Mike Keenan became uh, unemployed. And then six months after that, believe it or not, Keenan came back as the GM and Rick Dudley was fired. So at the end of the day, Rick, <laughs> Rick Dudley lost the power struggle between Mike Keenan when he thought he won it. So that was probably the weirdest story that I've ever covered. In Florida, there were tons of them. Uh, in Minnesota, probably the coolest story I covered was in 2012, uh, the Wild signing Parisian suitor. Um, Chicago is one of the teams that, that obviously went after both of them as well. Sure. Um, but I've covered a lot of unique stories in my uh, long, long career. And that's in, that's incredible, especially what you were talking about with the power struggle between the, the, the ownership and the general management and, and the coaching. It's so remarkable that right after you think you've won something, it just gets pulled out from under you. Yep, exactly. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think when that would have been. Uh, yeah, it would be the year that Stephen Weiss was drafted. So, uh, you know, it might have been 2003, four even. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time that whole season. And then uh, that was actually my last season covering the, the Florida Panthers in 03-04. So we were at the Stanley Cup final in Tampa. It was at between games one and two. And we all get a essentially a, a news advisory to, to get back to South Florida. Uh, we were all across the state covering the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the, the press conference was uh, that Rick Belly was fired, that Mike Keenan became the GM, and that Jacques Martin came in as the coach. And, uh, and, yeah, that was a very, very strange time in Florida Panthers' war. Yeah, that, that seems very strange. So, 
just shifting more towards today, Michael, I guess, what has the rise of Kirill Kaprizov done to energize the Minnesota Wild that were in need of a spark? Well, I mean, he's just so, so good. And, you know, as Blackhawks fans have known forever, uh, you know, having guys like Patrick Kane there starting in 07 and, you know, Taves there and, um, you know, Panarin and, and all the stars that have gone through Chicago, especially in the recent history and before that, um, you know, Minnesota has not been that lucky. I mean, really, other than Marion Gabbert, they just haven't had a star throughout the organization's tenure. So, uh, you know, Kaprizov's come in here. They've waited a long, long time for him. He was drafted in 2015. It's now 2021. So six years, Wild fans have been waiting to see this kid. They finally get him signed, and then obviously we have the pandemic that delays the start of this year. Um, but he's come in, and he just has bring, brought some star power. There's a swagger to his game. He's a bubbly personality. Um, you know, looks like he's running away with the call to race, although it looks like Dallas' Jason Robertson has something to say about that here in the last couple of weeks and uh, has made it sort of a two-man race. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, Kaprizov, he just does everything well. He's, he's a great skater, incredibly smart, quality defensively, but offensively he's just, uh, you know, picture-perfect passes, uh, unbelievable shot, heavy shot. Um, and just, uh, you know, again, star power that we haven't seen in Minnesota Wild uniform since the days of Gabbert. And that's really important because that that star power, you need somebody like that to kind of take the game on their shoulders, if you will, in a certain in a certain sense. Like, if your team's in a slump, how can I individually bring the team up? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and you guys have seen that with Patrick Kane forever. I mean, yeah. Minnesota Wild fans have. Minnesota Wild fans have seen it with Patrick Kane forever. I don't know if there's too many teams that Patrick uh, dominates like he dominates uh, Minnesota at times. And probably the best thing about this realigned division uh, this season uh, temporarily is the fact that Chicago is outside of the Minnesota division, so they don't have to see uh, Patrick a lot. But but you're right. I mean, the one thing the Wild has lacked is that, you know when that you know for many many years, and it's it's what made Gabbert special at times is that you know a game could be. Uh, going south or, or nothing's going on for two periods and next thing you know, bang, bang and and, and suddenly the Wild are either up in a game or tie a game and we've seen that a lot already this season with Kaprizov, he's just, a, he's a game breaker, uh, a true game breaker and uh, you know, Blackhawks fans will get a chance to see him starting next year again Yeah, uh, Minnesota's kind of not Patrick Kane kind of a Patrick Kane style player if you will and that, that'll be interesting to watch the two of them play on the ice next year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably go head-to-head a lot. And, you know, I'm sure Kaprizov's looking forward to also playing other teams besides the seven teams that he's seen over and over and over again this year. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, Kane's a special, special player. And Kaprizov's got a long way to, you know, enter that type of conversation. Sure, in sure. The National Hockey League. But internationally, I mean, he's had a heck of a career. Obviously, he scored the Golden Goal. 2018 in the Olympics and in uh, in Japan and and uh, you know has been a world junior star obviously uh, you know named MVP in the KHL a couple goal scoring titles there in the KHL as well um, so he's a he's a heck of a player uh, you know Patrick is a is a true superstar though and and Kaprizov will maybe hopefully for the sake of Wild fans when they get there. Yeah, so the next Winter Classic, whenever it is because of COVID, is going to be at Target Field in Minnesota. How would an event like this benefit the Wild in a way that the Wrigley Field Classic benefited the Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean, it'll get them on the map. I mean, you know, it'll be on nationally, and now I think uh, 
you know, maybe maybe uh, fans that, that typically turn the channel when the Minnesota Wild are on TV will actually stop and watch it and realize that this is a very different looking Wild team that has, uh, you know, been around historically, uh, which was at times boring, pretty nondescript, not a great identity, um, you know, not a lot to just, uh, you know, get the casual hockey fan not based in Minnesota to actually stop and watch them. Now they're, they've been a fun team. They've scored a pile of goals this year. They're fast. Um, they're get, getting some new young blood with guys like Capri Fastiala, people like that. So um, that, that's the way it'll benefit. You know, in, internally in Minnesota, it'll just be a prideful thing. I mean, they'll dub themselves the state of hockey, um, as, as you guys know, in, in uh, you know, being, uh, you know, in Chicago. And, and um, you know, fans for a long, long time have really craved the ability to have this sort of signature event that the NHL has. Um, and now they'll finally get it. It looks like they're going to be playing the St. Louis Blues. And, um, you know, I think that, that Wild fans will absolutely love just this, just being sort of on the national stage. Yeah, I feel like we it's kind of overdue for Minnesota to get on this national stage because, like you said, it is the state of hockey. And if the NHL is growing the game, what better place to grow it than the state of hockey? Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I think that, you know, they've been, you know, as I mentioned, I mean, they've been waiting a long time. When the game was at TCF Bank against Chicago many, many years ago as well, the outdoor stadium series game, there was just an incredible pride uh, in, inside the state because, uh, you know, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're from Minnesota, you're a hockey fan, you've played the sport most likely, and, you know, the fabric of the game started outdoors. And uh, so I think that, you know, uh, and, and Steve Mayer at the NHL, as well, just does these events incredibly, you know, makes it picturesque. Uh, They'll make it very, very personalized for uh, Minnesota and its fans as well. So you're right. I mean, uh, you know, Chicago has been, has gotten a lot of these outdoor games over the years, multiple winter classics that they've played in as well. And and I think the Wild fans are just excited to finally see the Minnesota Wild, uh, you know, host uh, a winter classic. Yeah, it's it's going to be a blast. And just looking towards next year, Michael, you know, who are some Minnesota prospects that the Blackhawks fans should be on the lookout for? I know a couple, a uh, kid from BC definitely is in the conversation who recently signed. But who else, um, including that, that youngster from Boston College? Yeah, Matt Boldy is that kid's name. And he's, uh, you know, had a heck of a college career, uh, helped uh, the United States win World Junior uh, gold medal this year in Canada. Um, and he's, you know, a pure goal scorer, and he's gotten off to a really good start with the Iowa Wild. Uh, you know, we'll see at some point, maybe this season, even uh, him called up uh, to get some NHL games here or, or even in the playoffs. Uh, you know, when there's no cap, uh, the Wild will be able to, to call him up and expand their roster as well. Uh, in terms of next year, the Wild, that Blackhawks fans could probably, uh, you know, get used to seeing is, you know, I would say if the Wild lose, like Carson Soucy, uh, in expansion or trade of Matt Dumba, uh, Kaelin Addison, who's the first, who's the the prospect that the Wild got in the Jason Zucker trade from the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. He'll have a real good chance of making the team. Uh, young, dynamic defenseman, undersized, right shot defenseman that plays for the Iowa Wild, having a really good year this year. Um, another one is their first round pick, Marco Rossi. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to play hockey at all this year since the World Juniors. He he uh, uh, captained Austria in the World Juniors, but he came back, got checked by the Wilds medical staff, and they found that he had complications from COVID-19. So they, he's been completely shut down this year. So he'll be a year and a half without playing really competitive hockey, um, you know, from, from when he played for the Iowa 67s, uh, you know, come fall. So my gut says that he'll have to start in the minors. I can't imagine they're going to throw a 20-year-old that hasn't played in such a long time on the team. But, you know, 
the ability to be a true number one or two center. Um, you know, one of the top Europeans that have ever played in the Ontario Hockey League as well, and uh, just seems like an incredible talent. And that's and that's incredible. Obviously, we hope that that Marco is doing better from his COVID complications, and just talking about these the the new the new blood if you will the new blood coming into the wild because a lot of people you know it's almost out of sight out of mind this year with Minnesota because we haven't seen them in the in the in the games but Minnesota's been making a lot of noise with these young prospects uh yeah definitely uh, you know and that's one area where the wild you know really have struggled uh, for a long long time they were always in win now mode and Chuck Fletcher traded a lot of draft picks and prospects to try to get them closer to uh, being a true cup contender. Unfortunately, when the Wild were really good at the beginning of this run of seven years of out of eight of making the playoffs, they ran into, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, and obviously the Blackhawks uh, limited them three years in a row. So what they got for trading a lot of their picks and prospects were first-round exits uh, or one second-round exit by the Blackhawks. So um, the Wild are suddenly have had, you know, they've, they've held on to their draft picks the last three years. They've got a lot of prospects coming. Um, so... Uh, you know, that's a good thing, especially as Parisian suitor get older in age. Um, and, you know, Bill Guerin's come here and made a lot of other significant trades as well. And it just, it does feel like the Wilder are finally on the right track. Yeah, it, it's it's so nice to have that 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 stabilization because like you said the the Blackhawks in the wild always had that that headbutting rivalry where it was it was really close a lot of times and you had the the win now mode and now that that Guerin has come in and like you said held on to those picks waited for them to develop you're seeing the fruits of the labor come out yeah no doubt um and you know we're, we're seeing I mean they've, they've got a great blue line and um you know, Caprizov's obviously here. Paul Fenton made the trade for Fiala. He's gotten off to a really good start of his uh, his wild career as well. Um, Eric Snack's a, a guy that um, that uh, just drives opponents crazy. He's having a tremendous season. Um, you know, everybody in this new quote-unquote West division absolutely hates him. They hate going up against him. He's just in your face all the time. He's not an agitator by any stretch, but he just drives combatants crazy um and you know in minnesota because he was taken ahead of brock besser who's from you know right down the road from xl energy center um you know they've always been uh you know wild fans have always compared the two of them and have been kind of sour at the fact that the wild didn't take the goal scorer and besser but um erickson x has turned into one of the top shutdown centers in the league will be in the conversation for the selkie as well um so you're right i mean the wild are finally starting to um you know the blackhawks and the wild are built very different ways. Uh, the Blackhawks went through, as, as fans know, their years and years and years of struggles, and it got them, you know, top, top picks. Uh, you know, not that Cam Barker worked out, but you had Cam Barker, you had Taves, you had Kane, all these guys at the top of the draft. The Wild have done it very, very different. They, they never lose well enough to go get a top first or second pick. And so what what that's allowed them to do is, is be competitive, but they never get any picks higher than, like, you know, it's like they always draft between 12 and 20. And, and you know, you, unless you're going to hit those diamonds in the rough at that age, you know, at that at that range in the draft, you're you're always going to sort of be chasing it. And so lately uh, what they've done is they've kept more bullets in the chamber and um, not traded any of their picks. And they've had really three good drafts in a row, it looks like. Yeah, I, I remember covering the 19 draft and the 20 draft. And it was it, it's remarkable because those two guys alone, Rossi and Boldy, can evolve your team so much, and that doesn't even include the other guys like Eriksson Ek. 
doubt about it. And, and so we'll see when these guys get here. I mean, Rossi, as I mentioned, is going to probably take a little bit now. Um, but Boldy looks like a heck of a player, and that's why the Wild really wanted to get him in the fold. They could have allowed him to go back for his junior year, but he wanted to turn pro. Um, he wanted to turn pro so such to such a degree that they burned the first year too. The Wild originally did not want to burn that first year of his contract and wanted to, you know, sign him but start him on an ATO in, in Iowa and have him start next year as a pro. But he but he wanted to get started and they were willing to to uh, compromise and, and make that happen and, and uh, you know it'll it'll hopefully accelerate things where you know in a year or two we're gonna see him as a regular here in the wild uniform. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun time to see to see Baldy in in a wild uniform. Looking back now, you know, we've talked to two of the former core pieces of the Minnesota Wild, uh, Charlie Coyle and Jason Zucker, individually. What did they bring to the team during their tenures with the Wild? Well, I mean, Coyle, uh, we saw it against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, their second playoff run against uh, that they faced Chicago. Um, you know, Coyle played with two separated shoulders in that series, and I think that's that. When I think about Charlie Coyle, that's what I think about. Just a gutsy, hard-nosed player. Um, you know, that that just is is can be a freight train at times when he puts his mind to it. And he's gone to Boston, and he's obviously had a good start to his career there in Boston for his hometown Bruins. Um, so he was just somebody works hard, great, great guy. And similarly, the thing with Jason Zucker, he brings speed, he brings goal scoring, he brings uh, incredible uh, character off the ice. Uh, he's one of the most, um, you know, he's one of the biggest philanthropists that the Wild have ever had and what he did in the community in Minnesota as well. So, and he, he, he you know, he was honored because of that uh, with the King Clancy Trophy a couple years ago yeah. as well. So, uh, you know, two very, uh, you know, one, one Jason Zucker memory that just popped in my head was his overtime goal uh, in the playoffs in 2013 against the Chicago Blackhawks. It was the only uh, wild win in that five-game series against the Blackhawks, and it, you know it's still one of my favorite goals that I've ever seen. That it was set up by Matt Cullen and um, and Zucker. It was you know typical Zucker. Yeah, I remember seeing that one with Doc Emmerich on the call. There was no fancy wordsmithing from uh, Doc on that one. It was just one word, and it was Zucker. And I could literally hear the vibrations through my television set in my home in Chicago. And as much as it disappointed me, that outcome of the game, you know, it was really exciting to see everyone just go absolutely ballistic in, in the playoff mode with the Minnesota Wild, especially behind Jason Zucker. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, I, I I think that's the one thing is that, you know, that Bill Guerin has come here and he's made some gutsy moves. Uh, you know, he's traded away fan favorites like Eric Stahl and Dudnik and, and, um, you know, and, and Zucker this past year, Luke Cunning as well. And Zucker was the start of that. You know, it happened about a year and, what, two months ago mm-hmm. um, where all of a sudden we wake up and after years and years and years of, of rumors of, of uh, Zucker being traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, he was finally traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, but Garen is, you know, he stands by his convictions. He he believed that there was a way that he wanted to do, do uh, you know, conduct himself, change up this core, uh, because it was becoming too stagnant. Where they just weren't, you know, they were basically one and done all the time. And and so now, um, now he's come here and and uh, you know made some bold moves. And it looks like uh, they're starting to they're starting to you know, pay dividends. Yeah, they're really starting to pay dividends, and I really can't wait to see what this new Wild team looks like against the Blackhawks. Michael, before we head out today, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners in the state of hockey, Chicago, beyond, Canada? 
Uh, no, I mean, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back to Chicago. Uh, it's my one of my favorite cities on the circuit. It's been so strange to cover a hockey season this year and not get to Chicago. See my uh, my buddies from the Athletics, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus, Tracy Myers, all those uh, great writers that uh, Chicago Blackhawks fans are lucky enough to read on an everyday basis. So uh, just looking forward to, you know, getting life back to normal where we can all kind of go about our business. Yeah, going about our business, Minnesota and Chicago together. Michael Russo, The Athletic. Michael, thank you so much for the time. Anytime, Jeff.